Welcome to the Raising a Reader and Storyteller podcast. We are your hosts, Sunita Shah and Bijor Shah, and our podcast is all about developing young readers so that they grow up to be not only avid readers, but also great storytellers. And how are we doing that? Through this eight series podcast, we share tips and techniques to make this happen. And everything we share is taken from our personal experiences as a speech and language therapist, bibliotherapist, and as authors. So today's episode is all about imagination. How we cultivate the imagination of our precious little children. Imagination is essential to a child's development. The ability to form new ideas, images or concepts without needing to see or sense something enhances a child's ability for creativity and resourcefulness. And every prominent and inspirational scientist, such as Einstein, understood the importance of imagination for children. I would say that imagination is more important than knowledge because knowledge is limited, whereas imagination embraces the entire world, stimulating progress and giving birth to evolution. We all know imagination is a crucial part of childhood and so is play, but did you know that imaginative play enables your child's social and emotional development? So creating, wondering, imagining, these are all important activities for all of us, but they're absolutely crucial for children, especially for their mental and emotional well-being. In fact, a study conducted in 2017 by Dr. Stephanie Carson at the University of Minnesota produced some really interesting results. She said that imagination is key for emotional self-regulation and self-control. And just to give you guys a bit of background, what is emotional self-regulation and self-control? <laughs> it actually comprises of three mental processes. The first being the working memory, the ability to remember things. Number two is the inhibitory control, the ability to prevent acting out on an urge or the ability to make a moral, ethical choice, which I think, you know, young children really struggle with, but it's all part of their emotional development as, as they grow up. And obviously, imagination is a key part of this development. And then the last one being flexibility, you know, the ability for children to adapt to a new situation or something different by it being able to shift their focus or attention. And again, imagination is something that can really help with this aspect as well. The study that she did, she found that creativity is normally uh, associated with childlike traits, which always imply a lack of self-control. But in fact, the opposite is true. Creativity actually leads to greater self-control and self-regulation. So I think we need to rethink what we mean by creativity and what we associate that with. And we all have it, it's not just children. So she explained the results by using the example of pretending that a spoon is a car. You know, you have the spoon and you have to resist the urge to put the spoon in your mouth by using your working memory to remind you that you're actually engaged in pretend play and you're using the spoon as a car 
And then using your inhibitory control, you've got to prevent the spoon going into your mouth. And then you have to have the flexibility to actually enter into a new situation with the spoon, i.e., you know, treat the spoon as a car and maybe take it on onto the road or maybe take it down a little play track, uh, pretending that it's, you know, driving at X miles. So really getting into that state of mind where you're treating the spoon as a car. And so you're actually having to use all three of those mental processes that I mentioned, you know, the ability to remember that the spoon's a car, the ability to prevent the spoon from going into the mouth, and then the ability to start taking that spoon down the racetrack or the play track. So actually, it does require a, a, a lot more mental discipline than you would have thought. You would have thought about that when you're thinking about a spoon as a car. And so Dr. Carlson's conclusion was that when you're pretending, you're actually seeing things and issues more creatively and you're actually putting yourself in a state of problem solving, so you're in problem solving mode. And this is what we would term as creative thinking, which is all about problem solving and self-discipline. And childhood is actually a wonderful time to nurture your child's imagination. Oh, for sure. Definitely. I really agree with that. And I think more so in this day and age, because there's been so much at the moment with the shift of how children are playing and what they're doing and living in this day and age with quite heavy technology, I'd say, and tablets and YouTubes oh, and yes. Minecraft and stuff, you know, children's yeah. imagination is lacking now. And, and these are what teachers even discuss with me when I'm working in schools. You see them on the playground and we used to run around being dinosaurs and monsters and saving people and chasing and it's a shame that those sort of skills don't seem to be as pertinent as or as easy for a child to access these days and I think it's so important as us as you know parents to build dens we had a lot of dens over the summer (laughs) and over lockdown where we pretended to be monsters we have our safe little tents and picnics and stuff because Children really need that in order to engage. And sometimes now it's not always natural. And I think it's really important as parents to facilitate that too. Yes, no, I absolutely agree. And when you've got young children, you actually have more control, as you say, how much screen time they have and actually being able to navigate them into pretend play mode. And so you've got to really maximise this time to to allow their imagination to wander and allow them to use, to practice imagination because it's such a core part of their social and emotional development. And what's wonderful about imagination is that there are no real mistakes. It's all just pretend play. It's all Definitely. Just, it's and I think that's so key. There is no right way. There is no wrong way. At the end of the day, we really want our children to explore and have fun. Yes, exactly. And it's, it's not about what's logical, what makes sense. No, it's just about anything and everything. This is your opportunity to really go all out and, and let their minds wander and um, allow them that freedom, which yes. as they get older is, you know, is, is more and more inhibited. It's a skill that is mentioned in this new age of technology that's really uh, not being practiced as much. And 
we've got to do a lot more to get their imaginations up and running. <laughs> what I wanted to include in this episode was some wonderful ways to foster your child's imagination. And one of my favorite ways to do this, because I find it the most calming as well, is getting your children to spend time out in nature, spending time outdoors. Because I think, honestly, it's one of the best ways and probably one of the easiest ways to develop your children's imagination. Because you've got this whole pretend play that's it's nature like nature's got a a wonderful setup it's got detail but it's also got lots of things to touch to feel to explore it's constantly changing because it's transient so it provides this beautiful platform for creativity for discovery for problem solving and there's so many things that you can do you can draw pictures in the sand you can draw you can take leaves and use them as to create prints on paper. You can build a stick man with sticks and stones. And you can just watch a family of ants and make up a story about them. You know, so there's so many ways yeah, to nurture their, their imagination. And you know, it's free. So I think getting your children to spend lots of time outdoors in nature is, is wonderful. And it's also very calming. I, I don't know if you've noticed that, Sunita, but I always find yeah, super calm when they're outside. <laughs> <laughs> so I would really suggest that. The other thing I'd, I'd say is role-playing, either just at home or taking part in a school drama or school play. Just simply getting them to experiment, taking on different characters and adopting different characters because it's a very powerful way to develop various different skills. So one is, you know, social skills because it requires them to think ahead, think about the character, think about what um, this character is going to feel, going to want, what its needs are. So it's forcing them to organise their thoughts while also getting them to be creative and think up the character's main traits, main personality traits. And then I'd also say they can adopt different professional, such as doctors, nurses, kitchen, being in the kitchen and being a chef, visiting the farm and being a farmer, uh, taking on the role of an animal, you know, especially through puppets using puppets at home and young children love puppet shows they do and dressing up as well being their favorite superheroes and saving the world <laughs> yeah exactly so like i said it's those three things that you want to develop which you can do through these different ways which is social skills getting them to think ahead and then getting them to organize their thoughts and all of these different props and techniques can allow them to do that and Sometimes just let them be their favorite superhero and let them have a superpower, like you said, Sunita, because that superpower will also serve them in the future or feeling like they want to go and help others by rescuing them like Superman or just be super resilient like Spider-Man. All of these little life skills that they're learning will be retained as they take on that superhero mode. Yeah. Um, and then things like verbal activities. You know, Sunita, you touched on this in your last episode of narrative therapy, which is verbal activities such as getting them to create their own stories and you know, sometimes even creating their own songs because this allows them to combine vocabulary with imagination and makes it very interactive. So A, keeps them engaged, but also allows them to consolidate their learning and I think story cues and story cards are a fantastic way to do this and we'll include 
some links and resources to A, where you can get these, and B, uh, why they're so helpful for children in terms of imagination and and it just gives them a chance to be free. There's no kind of agenda behind it. It gives them a chance to get away and imagine themselves to be someone else and gives them skills to do things that they might not be able to do in real life and transport them to places, experience different things that they might not do on a regular day-to-day basis. No, exactly. And Sunita, one of the things that you mentioned in your last episode on narrative therapy was you know, giving them the language. And I think imagination sometimes, you know, almost forces them to explore different situations and then bring in the new language that they need for that particular scenario, whether that's role playing as doctors and nurses or whether that's resolving a conflict. Imagination is not only forcing them to explore, but it's also nudging them into the way of finding the vocabulary and the language that they need that comes with that scenario. So that's, I think, you know, using these sorts of verbal activities is is super important. Yes, for sure. (laughs) I would also encourage artistic activities because any form of art really is very therapeutic and it's also very confidence building. So things like drawing, painting, pottery, A, it's allowing them to be creative with their hands with their minds and it's also building their confidence with all the various skills that are involved the social skills the drawing skills creative thinking and then you'll often find that children will express their emotions when they're painting or when they're drawing because they'll always relate it to what's going on in their heads again it's this form of imagination is allowing them to also process their emotions. Yeah, and it's really looking at bringing all the skills in. And this is why imagination is so key, because even with their fine motor and hand-eye coordination, it helps them with their attention, their listening, their focus. Yes, yeah. So many different skills within those artistic creative elements as well. Yeah, exactly. It's almost how they say that it's the virtual world that is now allowing them to build these skills (laughs) through that sort of pretend play and imagination. Yeah, definitely. And I I love it. I love chasing around the kids around the house, being different characters, exploring different voices, again, different emotions, facial expressions. And there's so much that can be communicated through the use of imagination in stories and in role plays and in play, because it really gets a child to harness and, and be whatever they want to be, do whatever they want to be and explore new worlds into like maybe a sci-fi kind of thing or we go back in history or yeah. my favorite fairy tale land and if we look at quite a lot of Disney things and and things that children are exposed to is it's that imagination that they can suddenly transport themselves to an African jungle and explore animals and yeah make yeah. sounds yes exactly and consolidate what they might have picked up along the way with respect to that jungle with respect to those animals they're now being able to structure it all and and bring the understanding together 
Definitely. Yeah, which is, which is wonderful. And, and, and that leads on to my next point, which is discussing different endings to stories. So getting them to realise, actually, that there's no one format um, for a story ending, like you could change it. It's getting them to learn that skill of adaptation, that things could end a different way, or we could problem solve and think of um, different ways to resolve this conflict in the story. Um, or, you know... So again, that is different ending that might be away from the traditional ending that they might read in story tales. Yeah, exactly. So it's getting them out of that pigeonholed thinking and it's getting them to think outside the box and which is wonderful for creative thinking and problem solving. So I would, you know, definitely suggest that. And then of course, I might have mentioned this in previous podcasts, but acting out the stories you've read because you're actually bringing to life um, the story through your imagination um, and the children's interpretation of a story might be different to another children. So it's, again, it's, there's no set way of dramatizing the story of imagining the story. If you were to act it out and bringing a story to life forces your children to think about, you know, what does this character need to do next? They're preempting the whole story. What props do they need? They're jumping from different points in time so again, it's developing those three mental processes that I mentioned before, which is organizing your children's thoughts and developing their sort of social skills, requiring them to think ahead and getting them to organize their thoughts, which are all key aspects of imagination. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, things like making sock puppets and things out of cotton wool and toilet roll tubes to make a city or a person. So you're imagining places as well as people and different types of weather, different types of crazy food and things like that, just to really help them to engage um, what they're actually doing. It really brings so much into it. And more than anything, it's really developing that relationship and the parent-child interaction or the adult-child interaction into the those role plays and stories because then you're so tuned into your child alone with them dressing up being silly and those moments are just so special as a family aren't yeah, they yeah there's a real connection which we often find that you know during our day we're so disengaged and so <laughs> with our screens and phones so yeah I think it's just a wonderful time to actually reconnect with your child as well yeah and then adding to that I guess it's just giving them tons and tons of unstructured playtime to explore at their will, you know, to make sense of their world at their own pace. It just offers them plenty of time to just be imaginative, to be, to constantly be practicing social skills, uh, fine motor skills, just thinking about time and time management, and then obviously organizing the narrative, etc. So offer them tons and tons of unstructured time. Yes, well to play. Exactly. 
<laughs> with screens off <laughs> yeah they get to act out their pokemon themselves <laughs> yeah exactly i mean i don't know if you should just involve your ipad or something at some stage and turn it into something else <laughs> turn it into a book of some sort as if you're reading a story i don't know get creative with ipads and what games they're playing on the playground with their friends bring it all into those because children from a very young age imagine they had a a plastic cookie so at first when they're a baby they will mouth it because they don't understand it's it's not a real cookie to eat and then the kind of play develops on alongside imagination because at first that plastic cookie for a baby might be something for them just to eat but then later they might have that reference where they might feed themselves or they might share it with their mummy but as they start to then develop more symbolic pretend play using imagination that cookie they might feed it to a monkey but as they develop role play and more imagination that cookie might be a spaceship and fly them to the moon and you know so kids go through those stages especially when it comes to imagination we are looking at sort of imaginative play even developing so young as two and three where they have the object reference of maybe a dinosaur tea party but then change into a dinosaur world as they get older and objects and references change and can be anything that the children want them to be. Yes, exactly. It's opening up a whole new world for them. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to include a link to a blog post on imagination that I have, uh, which I also think will be useful. And that summarizes some of the techniques and also the study that I mentioned by Dr. Carson, which might be useful. Brilliant. No, that would be really helpful. Well, thank you, Beedrill. It's definitely something that I absolutely love is being swept away to different places and being anybody or anything that you want to be. And just seeing the smile on my boy's face when we have that is just so priceless because you're really <laughs> tuning into them and being able to take them places where at the moment with the current climate of COVID, so many less of us are going to be traveling these days. Make your own Egyptian pyramids and become a mummy, but a real mummy. <laughs> I know. absolutely yeah got to be more inventive and as you said adults need pretend as well sometimes so it's a great way to all do this together as a family um definitely and so yeah just be free and enjoy all those special moments and you can get your children to even their imaginative stories if you want to develop their kind of literacy into writing. But it's great just doing role plays. It's so fun when you adopt a role and your child starts to imitate you to see where they take the story. And it's great because there's such a difference between adult and child play where adults can be quite structured. We know certain toys and games and the rules and how they can be played and children start to then learn the elements of competitiveness but using this sort of techniques especially developing children's imagination it's free for them to go anywhere and everywhere and do whatever they want as long as they're having fun and enjoying it and that's more than anything when it comes to our children we really want to develop their mental health and social emotional behavior regulation and these are great ways to just keep positiveness and keep our children engaged Yes, I totally agree. Thank you, Sunita. <laughs> um, 
And I think our next episode is going to be on mental health and children's bibliotherapy. Yeah, so, I um, can't wait to hear from you, Beatle, on this one. <laughs> able to share some amazing techniques that I can even bring into my practice as well and yeah also- so I think there's a real overlap between speech therapy and bibliotherapy so um, yeah really looking forward to that episode um, and in the meantime if you guys have any questions um, on anything that we've talked about so far please do drop us an email we aim to respond within 24 hours Thank you guys so much for listening and Thank you. we really look really forward to having you back for the next episode. Thanks, Anita. Thank you. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs>